You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey guys! Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Wow, Kunal, look at you being so brave. You're trying to take over the number one position on our podcast. And wait, I always open. But I took the Inside Line on the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. And luckily, we don't have a team radioing us to maintain position. (laughs) (laughs) Kunal Mithila is faster than you. (laughs) Well, Mithila is surely funnier than me. That's what I keep getting all the time. Thanks. (laughs) So guys, in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast, we have a lot to discuss. So we're going to look forward to the Hungarian Grand Prix, but we're also going to do a quick look back at the stories from Germany. We wonder if McLaren was the rival team that approached Lewis Hamilton for a drive for 2019 and 2020. And we discussed the 2019 driver sillier season. And yes, we've agreed to call it the sillier season because it's way sillier than the silly season. Have the strolls bought Force India? We tell you what we have actually found out. And of course, we have Lucian's Moments in Time section where he picks out his best from the races held at the famous Hangaro Ring. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audio Boom for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. So Kunal, I know you are still annoyed with Ferrari and Mercedes for using team motors in Germany, but Germany is history and it's time for Hungary, so please move on. But you know, that's exactly what I've been trying to say, that it's this unfortunate part of you know, the double and the triple headers we have in Formula One these years, because you just have to move on so quick. You almost never get the time to relive the moments from the previous races. I think the one person who would love to relive the memories from Germany is Romain Grosjean. We've known he's had like a terrible start to this season. But in Germany, he made a last lap overtake on Sergio Perez and he finished ahead. Like, pretty awesome stuff. Yes, and this is exactly what happens when we have a chaotic race like we had in Germany. The heroics literally come out a few days later. And, uh, you know, in Romain's case, we've already looked forward to Hungary. So there are very few people applauding his last lap effort. Yeah. But uh, the world is actually celebrating uh, Lewis Hamilton's comeback drive, and I am not. Uh, Yes, it was a great drive, a great result for Lewis Hamilton, brilliant for the Drivers' Championship. But given how Formula 1 is currently operating, you know, in this two-tiered series, Lewis had almost no resistance from the midfield drivers. And then, of course, no wheel-to-wheel overtakes in the top five. Okay, Kunal, uh, as, as much as I'd love to agree with you, you're on your own on this. If the Hamilton fanboys get to you, it's your problem. <laughs> Guys, I don't know how many of you all know, but uh, Kunal's blog was actually hacked because he criticized Lewis Hamilton on this very podcast platform. <laughs> Ouch, please do not invite any more hate. <laughs> but by the way, Lewis Hamilton said that a rival team had approached him while he was discussing with Mercedes, a 
you know, for his contract renewal. And speculation is whether that team was Ferrari. I think that team was McLaren because they literally want to hire every driver in the paddock. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. You know, McLaren is still so high on their PR. Kunal, please check your email. I'm sure they've emailed you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if McLaren's rumours are to be believed, then they could have uh, Daniel Ricciardo and Carlos Sainz Jr. in the car next year or even... Lando Norris. So, too many drivers, but that's why it's, you know, uh, called the driver's silly season. And if all the rumors are to be believed for 2019, then we can actually call it the driver's sillier season. There are rumors on Force India too. It seems that Lance wants a faster car to go out on a stroll with. (laughs) (laughs) Lawrence Stroll, have you bought Force India? We know you're listening. And uh, honestly, I don't think there's much to these rumours because buying a Formula 1 team can be a loss-making investment, like we all know. Whereas at Williams, I'm sure that the strolls can and do, uh, you know, sell space on the car to recover their money. But Kunal, I'm sure you have some insider talk from Force India that you can definitely share with us. (laughs) Well, actually, no, I haven't really checked with anyone. It's honestly a little embarrassing because these things are almost never known to most of the employees. Uh, But I did wish a few members to brace this PR attack on them. And I can tell (laughs) you it is a PR attack. Yeah. And uh, honestly, in my view, uh, a stake sale might happen. And may not be the whole team. And this is no insider talk. This is just what my gut feeling is. And there's nothing wrong in that. Because we've seen a lot of successful businesses sell stake to raise money. Because I do believe that uh, Vijay Malia would still like to remain the managing director like he is right now. And, uh, you know, it is this setup and structure that is working for the team. All they need is the money. And, you know, in Formula 1, we know, and I'm going to repeat this in this episode as well, the more the money, the faster you go. All I know is that if Lawrence hasn't bought the team, then a seat for 2019 could be a race between Sergio Perez's sponsors and Stroll's bankers. (laughs) (laughs) But can you imagine Donald Trump's reaction if the Mexican Sergio Perez ends up driving for and representing the American-owned Haas team. <laughs> Where's that damn wall when you need it? <laughs> he'll, you know, he'll consider the halo as a wall into getting into a Formula One car. <laughs> but forget the driver sillier season. Let's just call it the driver funny season because I'm also hearing that Esteban Ocon might be on his way to Renault, which means that it'll be a Force India reunion party at Renault next season. <laughs> <laughs> and amid all this madness, Romain Grosjean, who guys, by the way, he was on our show just a few weeks ago. Please do check out that episode. It's amazing. But uh, Romain Grosjean said that he fears he might never drive for an A team in Formula One. And Kural, unfortunately, that's pretty much the reality of the sport. Too few fast seats. And too few faster drivers as well. <laughs> but this probably means that, you know, this is a wheeled or, or, or a cryptic comment from Romain saying Haas is Ferrari's B team, what we've been speculating yeah. all of this season. But uh, in all of this, Fernando Alonso is out to prove that Stoffel Van Doon is faster than Kimi Raikkonen, while Daniel Ricciardo is out to prove that Max Verstappen is better than Sebastian Vettel. And uh, honestly, I would assume the exact opposite because that's what drivers do. You know, they'd always prefer slower teammates. So Mm -hmm. 
it's better to glorify a slower teammate than a faster one. But but you know, let's let's be honest. I fear for Van Doon's future in Formula One. And uh, I also know that somebody did the math of the gaps between uh, Raikkonen and Alonso, and even Van Doon and Alonso, just to prove Alonso's point correct. Yeah, and as for Daniel Ricciardo, honestly, I would believe him. He is that personality in the grid who just tells it as it is. And also, guys, uh, this is a very cool fact. Did you all know that Ricardo actually has the number three tattooed on his finger? That is amazing. I also found out that Kevin Magnussen called Fernando Alonso the Neymar of Formula One. And uh, I found it really hilarious. And we need all sorts of personalities in our sport. So... Welcome, Mr. Fernando Neymar Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> and if Jacques Villeneuve is to be believed, Kunal, we have a Jesus Christ in Formula One. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like I could not stop laughing when I read that entire like statement. You know, given the frequency with which Villeneuve is making statements and headlines, we should actually have a what Jacques Villeneuve said this week section as well. Oh, what the hell? Let's just bring him on to our podcast. It'll be a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write to him. Let's try and do that. Yeah, All of our podcasts will be headlines then. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mark Weber also made a statement. He said that Vettel has a meltdown if races don't go his way. And, you know, honestly, I can't imagine what Vettel would have gone through after his error in Germany. Like, poor guy. Yes, and I'm looking at it the other way. I'm just so glad that we still have corners in Formula 1 where a small mistake can lead to such mammoth losses for the drivers because had it been anywhere else uh, you know we would have actually had a runoff area and Vettel would have rejoined the track and maybe still gone on to win the German Grand Prix. I also like how Helmut Marco is out to support his former blue-eyed boy Sebastian Vettel uh, in this whole Ferrari versus Mercedes battle. So Marco went and complimented Vettel's inputs in getting Ferrari's power unit to where it is today. And finally, he also said that Mercedes needs to rely on luck to win these days. (laughs) It's so funny. Well, I've said this before and I will say it again. Each time Ferrari ends up being the faster team, there's a question on the legality of their package. You know, such a reputation they have. But before we actually go on about Ferrari, we send out our heartfelt condolences to the Marcioni family. Yes, may his soul rest in peace. So there's a lot of speculation that what Ferrari have on their car kicks in after the car crosses 250 kilometers per hour. And that this boost isn't available on the Haas and the Sauber cars. So basically none of Ferrari's customers have what Ferrari's works team has. So much speculation, no? But talking of Sauber, so they said that they won't work on their 2018 car anymore and they're just going to focus on the 2019 car. Actually, Fernando Alonso said the same thing for McLaren, which means that McLaren have another excuse ready for non-performances this season. <laughs> <laughs> McLaren signed James Key, or did they, or did they not? You know, honestly, it seems that they can't make a clean announcement these days. Uh, Toro Rosso believes that they have Key on a long-term contract, but McLaren remains firm that they've actually signed him on. It's very strange. Yes, I somehow get a feeling that all of this will also have Lando Norris and his availability for Toro Rosso 
uh, in the mix as well. You know, we saw how Carlos Sainz was used in this whole Renault, Honda, Red Bull, McLaren swap. Okay, so maybe there's something to do with Lando Norris, and I think we are going to see him on the grid next season in place of, of course, Brendan Hartley. But talking of James Key, he is former Force India, and it is good to see him go from strength to strength. Now, let's really hope that he can bring McLaren back to their days of glory and help them revive their fortunes. Yes, and Kunal, I really want to talk about Lewis Hamilton in Germany. So he went from being Alonso on the Saturday to being himself on Sunday. <laughs> and I say this primarily because it was heartbreaking to see him push his Mercedes in qualifying. Like, ouch. You know, the Hamilton fanboys may not like this, but I am still debating this somewhere. And I'm sure a lot of fans are. A lot of fans of the sport, I mean. What came first? Hamilton's curb jumping episode or Mercedes's hydraulic failure. And either way, I think this was Hamilton's first major driver error in 2018. While I read somewhere that Vettel's crash was his seventh high-profile error in the last 12 months. That's a damn interesting statistic. But Kunal, did you check the nationality of the journalist who counted those issues? (laughs) 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 Also, I read unconfirmed reports that Hamilton objected to Nico Rosberg doing post-race interviews at the German Grand Prix. And this is why Formula One management switched to having David Coulthard instead. This is extremely unfortunate if these are true rumors, you know. Yeah. And uh, But I also think that this is the power of being Lewis Hamilton. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he piled onto the Sky Sports F1 team after the German Grand Prix. And let's remember the Sky Sports F1 team in Germany also had... Nico Rosberg on the team and it's such an irony for Sky Sports because they are otherwise pulled up all the time for being too Hamilton-centric and biased in their coverage. So weird, no? And honestly, I also am surprised that we missed mentioning a really important statistic about uh, the German Grand Prix. So it was at the 2016 German Grand Prix that Daniel Ricciardo introduced the world of Formula 1 to the Shui. <laughs> I can only trust you to remember such cool party tricks. And Someone's got to do it. <laughs> By the way, I was really impressed that Billy Monger took that a step further, literally. He did a leggy in Spa last weekend. And that's such inspiring Crazy, stuff. Crazy, huh? so yeah, amazing. Especially when I saw his images on social media with the legendary Alessandro Zanardi as well. So really inspiring stuff, guys. Thank you very much. Also, Kunal, thanks to Pierre Gasly's gamble on the full wets, for the first time in Formula 1 history, we had all five tyre compounds being used on the track at the same time. Yes, isn't that really cool? Like, it's taken us so many years to have all the tyre compounds being used at the same time. And I was a little surprised when Gasly used the full wets, but at least it was for the statistic, if not for a good result. (laughs) And before we play out Lucien's Moments in Time segment, uh, we are going to talk about Ferrari and their fiasco in Germany. I was actually pleased that they uh, hesitated swapping Raikkonen and Vettel in the race. And I read this somewhere that whenever Ferrari has asked Raikkonen to let Vettel through, Raikkonen has inevitably ended up finishing the race ahead of Sebastian Vettel. Now, I'm yet to verify this, but it was too cool a fact to miss out on 
uh, if it's true, obviously. <laughs> I personally loved Raikkonen's radio banter with Jock Clear, who basically was not clear at all. <laughs> and Raikkonen being Raikkonen, he was like, cut the crap, tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> In my view, Kimi Raikkonen's Formula 1 career has gone from I know what I'm doing to tell me what you want me to do. Ouch, but Kunal, enough is enough. No more picking on Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Ferrari had a 2.09 seconds pit stop in Germany when they serviced Sebastian Vettel's car. Now, how soon before everyone in the paddock suspect something illegal with Ferrari's pit stop equipment as well? <laughs> <laughs> so, in this whole let's bash Sebastian Vettel uh, you know, fever after Germany, Max Verstappen has actually come out in support of Vettel. And I love to see this, you know, how drivers support each other rather than add to the bashing. It's really nice. Especially when it's somebody like a Max Verstappen who is being bashed by drivers and fans and media and everyone else and Red Bull left, right <laughs> and center. <laughs> and uh, Valtteri Bottas said in Hungary, that he won't play wingman to Lewis Hamilton at every race of 2018. And now let's hope that's true. Uh, because I honestly still feel that a Finn could have won the race in Germany if their teams hadn't intervened. But Kunal, do you remember Hungary last year? We had Lewis Hamilton swap and then swap back with Botas uh, when he couldn't catch the Ferraris. It was quite interesting. Yes, so let's see what happens in Hungary this Sunday. And... Uh, before we move on to discussing the Hungarian Grand Prix, it seems that Williams may have taken their first step towards a Haas-Ferrari-style partnership with Mercedes. So, I read that Williams will be using Mercedes' gearbox in two th- gearboxes in 2019. That's fantastic. But if the strolls go, you know, like they move on, I really hope that Williams has enough money to buy the engines and the gearboxes. <laughs> <laughs> So here's now when we will play the Moments in Time section by Lucien. Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucien Byfield. Today we look back on some of the memorable moments of the Hungarian Grand Prix of the past. The first race at the Hunger Ring was held in 1986. Senna was on pole, but PK won, with craftiness and bravado. That year, Mansell had started outpacing him, so PK made sure his number one status was exercised, had a car upgrade and didn't tell Mansell. As for the race, PK did one of his open the legs manoeuvres on Senna, the saying being one of PK's typically rude, crude and hilarious comments, but it was one of the moves of the year. 1997 was the year we almost saw an Arrows win a Grand Prix. World champion Damon Hill, having a terrible year, suddenly had the perfect package and passed Schumacher for the lead early on, and he rocked away too. But with what has been described as a 20-cent part failing on his car, affecting hydraulics, Hill slowed and lost the win right towards the end of the race. It was truly heartbreaking. There have been four first-time winners, Jensen Button in 2006, Damon Hill in 1993, Fernando Alonso in 2003, and Heike Kovalainen in 2008. But notably, this is where Mansell limped to the podium and won his title in 1992. 1998 gave us Michael Schumacher at his best, blitzing the McLarens by changing to a three-stop strategy mid-race and performing a series of what would be called polylaps. Legend has it that Ross Braun messaged him, told him the kind of lap times needed, and Michael just said OK and did it, despite one minor excursion when he didn't realise he was actually leading. 
Oh, but who can forget Michael Schumacher putting Barrichello into the wall in 2010? Mmm. 2011 has to go down as one of the greatest races of all time, with many taking the lead and slipping up in all-round tricky mixed conditions. Jensen Button won his 200th start, but it was a surprise result given Vettel and Hamilton had the pace early on, and that Hamilton spun out of the lead. 1995, Taki Anubi broke down, ran to get a fire extinguisher, then was hit by a medical car. He half rolled on the bonnet, stood up, then collapsed. He had been upside down in Monaco earlier that year and was still in the car when a safety car hit him there too. Interestingly, McLaren have won here 11 times, with Ferrari and Williams both winning 7 times each. 1990 gave a final career race win for Thierry Bootsen, who also got pole for the then relatively new Williams Renault package, and he won a dry race for the first time too. Meanwhile, Senna clobbered Nanini, nearly flipping him over, and then Berger did the same to Mansell. It was action-packed. Finally, 1989 gave us mighty Mansell in the Ferrari. After a terrible qualifying, putting him in 12th on the grid, he stormed through the pack and gobbled up Senna when he got briefly bought by Stephanie Johansson. It was an incredible move and an incredible win. That's it for Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucien Byfield. See you again. Thank you so much, Lucien. That was super, super interesting. Uh, Kunal, quick one. What are your predictions? I think I should just copy-paste your predictions because last weekend when you said that Hamilton would overtake Vettel in the Drivers' Championship after Germany, <laughs> he actually did end up doing so. I know, so. I know. <laughs> Although, this weekend, I think Sebastian Vettel is going to win it for Ferrari and they may just have Raikkonen come second. So, some balancing act in the Drivers' Championship is what I would predict. I think that I'll go for a Mercedes victory, honestly. I was going to say Ferrari because that's what I was thinking. But no, a Mercedes victory. Maybe Bottas ahead of Hamilton. It all depends. But it depends on whether Mercedes will let that happen, actually. <laughs> I also assume that Red Bull Racing is going to be strong given the characteristics of Hungaro Ring. Well, guys, you should share your predictions with us as well. You guys know how and where to reach us. We're always listening, even though we're always talking Formula One. So So before we go, a quick look at the rule changes that Formula One has put in place for 2021. We're going to have 18-inch racing tyres, Formula E style. And then we will see tyre warmers be banned as well. Again, Formula E style as well. Yeah, yeah, we get the point. (laughs) I also read that Formula One wants to explore a change in the qualifying format. And that's crazy because I think the one thing that the sport has right currently is the elimination-based qualifying system. And now they want to go change it. What is wrong with them? No, please don't do that. (laughs) So Formula One said that they want to give drivers as little time as possible to dial in a qualifying lap. I really hope that it isn't that, you know, that strange single lap format that we had before. That was horrible. Yeah, whenever someone talks to the single lap format, I have this memory of Michael Schumacher. I think it was in Nürburgring when, you know, it was a wet qualifying. And if he didn't finish his lap, he was actually going to be in a better position. So he ended up purposely spinning his Ferrari. I can't remember what season it was. I'm sure Lucien would. But uh, (laughs) uh, what I think uh, Formula One is trying to do is that they're trying to limit the current time needed to run uh, Q1, Q2 and Q3. And this means uh, that currently drivers do a reconnaissance lap, then a quick lap, and then they still have 
time for a second run. So they're trying to limit that, which mm-hmm. means that the drivers have to get it right in the very first moment. And uh, this is, of course, because maybe Liberty Media realizes that having fast cars out of position is good. Again, I go back to what we saw in Germany with uh, Lewis Hamilton and even Great Britain. What's the point of having fast cars out of position if their rivals are unable to, you know, give them a fight in the race? You know, it just overbalances the situation. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I also think that Formula One needs to change the pit window open graphic that we're seeing on TV these days. I think it's super misleading, uh, you know, especially for new viewers, because it could indicate that there's a specific lap where the drivers have to pit. Some of the other series uh, follow this, but Formula One does not. Finally, I think the one driver I am most excited to see in the in-season test after the Hungarian Grand Prix is Renault's Artem Markilov. He's a Formula 2 driver. He's actually Formula 2's star driver. And uh, I'm really eager to see how he fares in this test and how quickly he actually makes the promotion to a Formula 1 racing seat. Yeah, I think we're going to be watching out very closely for him. Uh, Guys, so we will have an episode after the Hungarian Grand Prix. And after that, we are also going to take a summer break. Uh, You know, even though we're really looking forward to our break, we disagree with the Haas team when they say that the summer break is one of the best things Formula One has put in place. I still think it's the triple header. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We've had a fantastic first half of the season. Actually, it's been a little more than half because we'll be, what, 11 races in or something. But we will see you uh, in the week after the Hungarian Grand Prix. Bye-bye. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.